Well, this morning, the parable that we'll consider, I will humbly, but I don't I guess boldly is the right word, if you can use those back to back. Humbly but boldly suggest maybe one of the ones that is most often misunderstood. Here are these familiar words from Luke 10, beginning with the 25th verse. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He, Jesus, said to him, the lawyer, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The lawyer or the expert in the law said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Holy Spirit, we humbly ask that you illumine to each of us these, the words of the Lord. Show us the wealth of glory that lies even within this very familiar account. Teach us the depth of their meaning. Lift us, O Lord, beyond just the place of hearing, but to the summit of active faith. We join the psalmist in praying, open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things from your law. Amen. So here's our issue with this parable. The Good Samaritan. You knew, you knew the details of the story not long after I said a lawyer asked Jesus, right? We know the story. We know the characters. But our issue is we're not typically especially familiar with the original context in which its hearers heard it. So we've inadvertently reduced it to a good neighbor story. A Boy Scout doing his good deed for the day, and while there's great value, obviously, in helping a neighbor in need, 
I don't think this was Jesus' primary focus. In fact, this parable, like others, worked almost like a punchline of a modern-day joke. It's one of those moments when Jesus' words serve to confront his hearers with some surprising truth about the kingdom that he has come to establish. One that would leave their heads spinning. How could this, whatever the teaching may be, how could this fit within the kingdom of God? We'll see that, I think, as we dig a little bit more deeply into the parable. Now, this questioner of Jesus was not an attorney as we would understand it. This was not someone who practiced in a court of law before a judge. This was an expert in the religious law. Someone who knew what the law taught when Jesus asked him, when he, in response to his question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, well, what, did the law, what does the law teach? And he went back to law school, religious law school, 101, and knew right away exactly what Jesus was asking him. But we should note that the question that serves as a springboard for this story is asked by this particular expert in the law. He's wondering how far his obligation to love your neighbor as yourself has to extend. In other words, tell me the persons that I am required to love so that I can inherit eternal life and by God I'll be sure to love them. Huh? Just give me a list, Jesus, and, and I'll fulfill my end of the bargain, of the agreement. Jesus' questioner can be understood to be looking for limits, at least to some degree. And Jesus expounds the commandment given in the Torah to love your neighbor as yourself beyond limits, beyond a certain group of people to the point where it is limitless. Keep in mind that although the questioner asks, the question asker is a curious lawyer in probably many ways attempting to justify himself, to make sure he accomplishes the checklist of neighbor loving so he's right with God. The people who are crowding around listening to the exchange are also likely very much observant Jewish people. For them, there's something of a pecking order. The clergy, represented by priests and Levites in this story, they'd be the ones that you'd surely expect to demonstrate what it means to love your neighbor. The story Jesus tells would have given his hearers a delightful suspense and surprise because he let the priest and the Levite pass by the man in the ditch, that they no doubt thought that a Jewish layperson, one of them, one of their friends, one of their family members, one of their neighbors, 
would stop and help the poor man in the ditch. It would have seemed somewhat heroic, and the hearers could have felt better about themselves because they could imagine themselves doing that same thing given the right set of circumstances. But then it would have just been a nice little story. We have to understand the depth at which observant Jews despised Samaritans. A few examples. Samaritans were publicly cursed in synagogues. Petitions were offered daily, asking God of all things to deny them participation in eternal life. Some rabbis even said Jewish beggars should refuse money from a Samaritan to avoid receiving contaminated money. The, the Jewish people felt about Samaritans the way the Bengals have talked about the chiefs almost. Huh? <laughs> that may be a stretch, at least the second part. Remember, though, the story that we just read. A man is robbed, beaten, left for dead. Along came a priest. Instead of helping, he crosses to the other side of the road. Next comes a Levite, something akin to an unordained lay pastor expert, also another expert in the law in his day. He also crosses to the other side of the road and passes by. So naturally, Jesus' listeners expect this master storyteller to wrap it all up in a nice bow and they can go about their day feeling good about themselves as can the man who asked him the question. But then Jesus says, along came a Samaritan. And probably just the word itself caused some of his Listeners or hearers to turn their head and spit. They were appalled at the thought that someone like that could be capable of being the hero in the story. And not only that, but of exemplifying what it meant to live out the commandment given to them. Not only does the Samaritan stop, he goes a step further. He binds up the man's wounds, puts the man on his own donkey, takes him to a place of lodging where he cares for him, and then, of course, says, if there's more that is owed, I will come back and pay it. Jesus' hearers are suddenly confronted with two words that seem to be, in their mind, an oxymoron. Good Samaritan. In the passage, Jesus describes a new reality. Potential in this new existence of the kingdom of God. But he has to take it a step further. 
and allow his hearers opportunity, and specifically this man that he's engaged in conversation with, an opportunity to enter in. He set it all up. Almost like a joke. And now he needs his listeners to be fully confronted with what the kingdom embodies. Remember, the lawyer's original question was, or I guess his his follow-up question was, who is my neighbor? It looked as if he were going to figure out whether the man in the ditch qualified as his neighbor. But Jesus, in the punchline, he recasts or reforms, reframes the question. And he asks, not, was the injured man a needy neighbor? But instead, which of these three, the priest, the Levite, the Samaritan, which one of these three proved neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The lawyer quickly answers, he has no other option. He can't even quite bring himself to say it was a Samaritan. He's the one who showed mercy. Just at that point, it must have struck him. I just agreed with this teacher that there may be such a thing as a good Samaritan. And then he realizes the twist that Jesus has brought to his thinking and probably to the rest of his life. Rather than his hearers, rather than the expert in the law, putting themselves in the position of the man giving help, because they couldn't relate to him. There was nothing about the Samaritan who was walking along the way and found the man there in the ditch that they could relate to. He looked different than they did. He acted different than they did. He worshipped different than they did. They couldn't relate. So rather than him being the one to whom they related, Jesus was asking them to put themselves in the position of the man in the ditch. They were the one who had been injured, robbed, and dying, receiving aid from a sworn enemy. At its heart, at its heart, this story is about not giving, but receiving. Not a Boy Scout doing a good deed, but instead a desperate man or a woman with no hope except for something outside of themselves in order to receive the impetus of the lawyer's first question, eternal life. This story is a reminder that our quest for eternal life is something that we cannot earn. We're the one in the ditch, helpless and in desperate need 
for a passerby, unlikely as he may be, to render aid. Be it someone we would view an enemy, or even, even, and this is where the story ends on something of something of a uh, oh I can't think of the word but uh, this this this, uh, this compelling ending where all of the answers are not given on a show or whatever but the story ends with at least the possibility that maybe even the God whom we have sinned against could be the one who reaches down into the ditch and rescues us. May God give us understanding and uh, reaffirmed belief that that is exactly what happened for us in the coming of the kingdom of God through Christ Jesus. Amen.